This is Up for Debate, episode number 218, recorded October 14th, 2021. The Fast Saga, F9. Alright, Dom. What's next? No matter how fast you are. I am not too big compared to you. No one outruns their past. I am more easy, you trying your best to become me. And mine. Just caught up to me. Been a long time, Dom. So we're up against a master thief. Assassin. High performance driver. Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast that goes real fast. I'm Sean Jennings, and as always, I am... What's that? Do you hear that? What is going on? Oh my god, that's John Cena's music! It's Matt Mariani! Oh wow. Your time is up, my time is now. Okay, what's, that, what's that thing that he does? He does this, right? Yes, I believe that's his... Flat, you, can't, you can't see me. You can't. And you can't see me because this is a podcast, so you likely you're you can only hear me. Yeah, people probably thought so we actually had John Cena, but uh, but we don't. That was Matt's entrance music. Yeah, um, how are we, how are we doing tonight, Sean? I am confused. I am bewildered. I am unsure. Is how I would describe my feelings towards this movie in our discussion tonight. How about you? I think that's just the way that uh, Justin Lin wants you to be. Uh, in this, his, this is magnum opus. Um, I, I am equally confused, uh, but I am relieved in a way, and also um, a little bit uh, uncertain, and um, maybe maybe just a touch regretful. But you know what, Sean. Um, no matter how fast you are, no one outruns their past. That's right. Family is forever, Matt. And we're going to discuss that tonight. Uh, we've got uh, globe-trotting, time-traveling, space-adventuring, characters new and old, coming back, leaving, returning, dying, exploding. It's going to be exciting. Are you ready to get into this? Um... I used to live my life a quarter mile at a time, but things have changed. <laughs> I'm just reading from they a page of quote from this movie. Oh, I can't even imagine what the page quotes <laughs> looks like uh, for this. Well, I, what I was doing, Sean, I was trying to, I wanted to, to find the quote um, that uh, uh, of a very significant movie scene that, that happens in this, in this film. Pinnacle of the franchise, undoubtedly. Maybe pinnacle of all cinema of all time, um, but I can't seem to find the right words for it. Uh, I, I will um, I will keep searching, and while I do that, uh, you just introduce the movie that we're what we've experienced here. 
Well, it's our 10th in the franchise, Matt, and if you haven't been paying attention up to this point, you're probably a little bit confused. Uh, we are looking tonight at F9, or F9 colon the Fast Saga, or Fast and the Furious 9, uh, 2021's uh, sequel, uh, the ninth main installment in the Fast and Furious franchise. All your favorites are back, plus a few new players. Let's get into it. Uh, Matt, I believe this is, is this the first Fast and Furious movie to rely heavily on flashbacks? No, definitely not. The very, look at the first, the very first movie had flashbacks in it, right? But it didn't as heavily rely on them. Oh, no, I mean, this, no, this it was just a ton of them. Uh, it was, it was definitely a plot device in the first movie. I don't know about this one. Yeah, it. It relied on them pretty extensively throughout the movie um, to tell the story. That's why this was the saga of of one Mr. Dominic Toretto really, really talked Toretto about family. his backstory. Um, and it showed you all the scenes that he had mentioned in, in previous films that we really didn't need to see because we were already told about them. But we got to see them anyway, such as his, his father exploding in a car. Um, on the racetrack cool. after being clipped by a rival driver, him beating that said driver in the face multiple times with a, a monkey wrench or something. And, and then he, then him going to jail all, like we said, all, all things that had, ha- had occurred. We know they occurred because other characters, reliable narrators told us they occurred, but we got to see them. So now we know for sure that they, that they did in fact, ha- they did in fact happen. Yes. Yes, indeed. 1989, Jack Toretto participates in a race with his sons working in the pit crew. Of course, we don't learn. We only learn about Dom at this point. Um, during the car, the rival driver clips the bumper and it explodes. Um, Dom nearly beats him to death. Um, while serving his sentence in jail, um, he concludes that Jacob killed their father by messing with his car and um, Upon release, Don confronts and challenges uh, Jacob to a race, forcing him to leave town when he loses. Now, Matt, my very first note I took in this movie was a two-parter. They couldn't get a bigger actor to play Vin's dad. Like, this is a this is a film franchise that is just, like, overrun with unnecessary celebrity cameos. Your, your Helen Mirren's of the franchise and your uh, Kurt Russell's. And I'm like, they really couldn't, it would have been like a day of shooting and they couldn't have gotten like a really famous actor to play his dad. Sean, I, I had the same note, but for young Dom, I thought they, they didn't, they could have gotten somebody <laughs> well, more you, famous for, for young, young Dom, not even more famous, just somebody who actually looks kind of like Vin Diesel, like a little bit, not even like, didn't even have to be somebody famous, just somebody who resembles Vin yeah, Diesel the, in some way. Yeah, the like guy in the movie did not look like Vin. He didn't look like Vin. He didn't. That was my that was like my number one note. Like we couldn't have found anyone who looked more like Vin Diesel than this guy. Sean, let's let's fix this. And who who would you number one, who would you get to play Sean's dad? Somebody famous who is I have I have it right in my mind. I'm I'm ready to go with mine. So you tell me. Who will maybe we'll say it on the count of three? Three. Sure, Matt. I'm sure the lag will two, play. One. Sylvester Stallone. Danny Trejo. Um, <laughs> I like your No, but better. I do like Sylvester Stallone. That would have been dope. That's a That really would have been pick. the perfect choice. I thought that would have been a great choice to play to play his dad. I guess they couldn't get old Sly. Um 
I don't know. They got some guy. I don't know his name. J.D. Pardo. Sure. Um. Oh, I, I mean, when we talk about casting, like, I don't know. We'll get into it later on. But who? All right. How about Young Dom? Tell me Young Dom. Who would you get to play a young Dominic Toretto? Uh, Vin, well, Vinny Bennett plays him in this movie. Who would I get to play a, me? Of course. Don't you think I look like a young Dom Toretto? A spinning image. Just shave, shave my head and... You gotta talk like this. Inject some Novocaine into your like bottom jaw for when you shoot. I just do my Stallone it's like, impression. Um, it's like who is the actor that used to shove the cotton balls in his mouth? That was you think um, of Mr. Ed. He was a horse. That is not. That is what? <laughs> no. You remember that old um, where they used to put peanut butter in abuse. Mr. Ed's mouth so he'd talk? Yes, that is true. That I, I do. That is that I was going to say. That's animal abuse, but it was the fifties, so. Still yes, animal abuse, but different time. Um, I'm thinking of, oh my, I'm not good with names. Famously on this show, not very good with names. Uh, I know, I know his name, uh, Marlon Brando. Okay, Marlon Brando when he played when he played um, Don Corleone had to have he, he 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 like his trick was he shoved cotton balls like way back in the back of his mouth. If you did that, but with like Novocaine injections, I think you would sound just like a young, uh, young. Well, actually, the the actor who plays him doesn't even put an affect on his voice. We're it's a, family. It's an odd performance. Family it's a really family. odd performance. That's why we will always stick together because we are family. Like, in, in fact, he sounds like he over enunciates sometimes. It's embarrassing. It's like it's he's never seen a Fast and Furious movie. Well, he's from New Zealand. I don't know if they have them there. Got it. They've never they haven't filmed there, which is shocking. They filmed almost everywhere else along the equator. But I guess they don't do with with random exceptions. They don't they don't do anything that's not like an equatorial or tropical or subtropical location. Um Yeah. Speaking of which, um well, like, all right. Well, I guess we'll we'll mention it when we get there. But we have we have our very we have a first of the franchise in terms of shooting location and in terms of oh. actual lo- location location. Okay. I don't think space is a location, but let's find <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. No, let's. That, uh... I, that actually, believe it or not, that was not what I was going to say. But no, yeah. I know what you were going to say because I've read the Wikipedia page, but I couldn't help myself. Okay. <laughs> um, Matt, we got to fast forward to the present here after that weird flashback. Uh, Dom is retired uh, with Letty raising their son Brian um, in like a cabin that they say like literally doesn't have a phone and like no way to contact anybody, which I think is a little much, but who am I to judge? Uh, Roman Tej and Ramsey arrive with the news that uh, shortly after capturing uh, the cyber, cyber terrorist Cypher from the previous movie, uh, Mr. Nobody's plane was attacked by rogue agents and crashed in Central America. Dom agrees to help after realizing his brother Jacob is involved. Twist. Yeah, when he, when he, the way he finds that out, right, it's the classic, like, he's, he's watching the video and then he zooms in and, oh, what's the guy wearing? Oh, he's wearing the same necklace. <laughs> that that I wear, that means he he must be my brother. 
Um, Sean, if you were part of a heist, right, or or any kind of like uh, physical covert takeover of of something like that nature, what's the first rule? It would say like you're you're robbing a bank or you're the like taking the you're first... like going to capture a, a diplomat or maybe a an intelligence yeah. officer. What's what would the first the, thing you would I've think about? What I've learned from be? these movies, if these movies have taught me anything, rule number one: do it in a car. That's the coolest way, right? That's definitely the yeah. like the coolest rule number one. I mean, this might just be me, but I would I would say rule number one would probably be don't don't do anything to get yourself caught. And I would probably like kind of extrapolate from that a little bit, like a sub rule, like rule one, one point a would be don't get caught. Rule one point B would be don't wear anything that can cause somebody to like overtly identify you like right off the bat, like, like a, like a piece of clothing say, or like an article that you would wear around your neck where somebody would look at it and be like, I know exactly who that person is. Because they're wearing that, like I don't know. Unless he, unless maybe he wanted, maybe he wanted to draw Dom out to have some sort of family confrontation with him. Was that the idea? Did I did I misread I that whole so. situation? I don't. Okay. I don't think so. I think I think it was accidental. But also, and it's a point in all of these movies that is one of those like just gloss over movie things. But guys like The Rock and John Cena and Vin Diesel are both enormous. And weird. And I feel like you don't need a cross to be like, oh, you mean the dude who looked like John Cena? Yeah, I just saw him. Like, you don't... Like, you can't obscure yourself when you're like, goddamn John Cena, looking like that with the huge muscles and shit. Like, people are gonna remember you. I could be misremembering the scene, but did he have a balaclava on? Did he have, like, something blocking his face? Yeah, he had, like, a hood. Yeah, he had he had a covering, right? So I think he he you know points for that, but I, I next time just I mean maybe take the necklace off, maybe put it in your locker back at the base on the on board the ship, the flying base, or mm-hmm. or then that underground layer. Just find a nice place for it. Doesn't that, you don't have to wear it while you're kidnapping this this dissident who who could himself recognize you based on that because right he used to work for him as revealed later on in the film that's right that's right knows him well um so letty's gonna go and dom's like i want to stay with my son he says god isn't your heart uh and in the end they decide to go on the mission dom rolls up dramatically and they go to central america where they find mr nobody's crashed plane they show up in cars, unsurprisingly. Um, they drive up and they find part of a device, half of a device named Ares. Now, this is this film's cyber MacGuffin, if you will, um, a device that, when connected to, when put together and attached to a satellite, spreads a virus that spreads to everything with computer code in it that gives the hackers ultimate control over everything on the planet. Of course. Uh, you, you followed that much better than I did. I, <laughs> by now I'm just, I, I, I just, my brain just like turns off whenever there's any kind of exposition in these movies, which is bad because not only is it off for the exposition, but it's it. I also, it, it shuts off for most of the action sequences too. 
Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just left with like every time they say family, I guess is when I when my ears perk up because I'm like, okay, some they're gonna say something stupid now, and I can make fun of it on our little show. So <laughs> that's the only times yeah. I think I'm like tuned in uh, uh, anymore. But okay, so that makes no sense. But this is, <laughs> well, uh, I've, I've, by now I am just used to it. It's this is just this is just how these movies are. I can't begrudge them anything. It's just not a fight or or discussion that is worth having. Like what the the science or pseudoscience behind any of this. Oh, by the way, something something space is happening later. So. Yeah, well, and that's two things on that. I mean, one is I, I love what Ramsey's role has become in these movies, which is the what I would call the ice cube on law and order role, which is her whole job is just to explain everything to the audience. Where it's like Which used to be Roman's job, right? That was what Roman did. Well it was Roman and it was Tej with the tech. And, and Tej a little bit, yeah, it, with technical things. And they rolled it all into her where she's like Oh, isn't it obvious? It's a it's a computer virus that multiple. You know, it's like, and her only job in the movie is just to explain what's happening, which is great. But here, here's here's where there's a little a little nugget of genius in the writing, right, with the characters, because Ramsey explains she's the exposition, right? Because why 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 bother showing anything to the audience? You can just explain everything to them, and then there's more time for the cars going fast and exploding. Um, so she's the explainer. But Roman, they make Roman into the skeptics of the audience in this movie. Yes, like where he and and they've done it in previous movies too. But it, it, this one, it hits like a, it hits like level level ten or eleven. Where where I I really really got into it. Where he's just like no, like he's like refusing to accept that that any of this could be reality. And then he gets promptly shut down by usually by Tedge or or somebody in the crew. Um, just just to, just like. Um, reminds me of the always sunny, you know, where, um, uh, there's an episode of always sunny in Philadelphia where, uh, one of the characters is explaining something like really smart and scientific and it like makes sense. And then at the end, um, I think one of the characters, um, one of the characters just turns around and goes, shut up science, bitch. And then like, that's, that's like the end of their point. Their point is like over at that point. That's kind of what happens to to Roman when when he when he he becomes one of us essentially he becomes like a member of the audience that's like this doesn't make any sense uh, and and we'll definitely we'll have to explore that scene later I thought that was amazing but did not stick the landing for me I, I thought they should have gone further with it but I think it's I think it is smart in a way they have a character that's like just as skeptical as we are in these movies it's like I know right. This doesn't make any sense, and it shouldn't. I know your brain's yeah. all hurt right now, but cars go fast in like <laughs> six minutes, so just stay tuned. I, I didn't love the outcome of all of Roman's bits, but I will say for my money, this is the best Roman movie since Too Fast, Too Furious, and whatever he negotiated into his contract to do this, where he's like, I need a scene where I shoot and kill a bunch of guys and look heroic. I need lots of time to talk on screen. I have to be the hero at least three times in the movie. Like this probably for my money is Roman's best movie in the franchise. Um, just in terms of hit the role he plays and what he gets to do. Um, they are uh, at the plane, they get the device and they're ambushed um, by a private army led by Jacob who steal the device back. Um, 
the uh, there's a big action sequence through the jungles of Central America, including a, a sequence with a landmine, which was that great Fast and Furious balance of incredibly stupid but very fun. Um, where they're like, if we go 80, we can out... And I'm like, you're not going 80 in the jungle, dude. Come on. Um, but it was it was a goddamn hoot. Um, and they managed to get through. Um, and then there's a rope bridge that collapses, and Tom drives his car off a cliff, and the car connects to a rope and swings around in a way that would absolutely kill anybody who did it. I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah, this this is where I was going to get into the, the first, right? This is the first time, Sean, in this franchise by my calculations that we visit a completely a country that is completely made up is not real. There is no such thing as Montecchino, oh. not a real place. Huh? Totally fake. Yeah. That was, that was what I was going to, uh, that was the first that I brought up earlier. Yeah. Um, most of these scenes were filmed in Thailand, just outside of Phuket, huh. uh, which is a real place. And I, I don't know or understand why they didn't just call it Thailand, right? The hard part is finding the location, right? Not right. naming it. So why wouldn't they just, why didn't they just say, oh, they're, they're in Thailand and we're going there. Instead, they had to make up Montecchino. And I, I guess the only thing I can think of is because they have that whole pun, that whole joke with, um, with where Roman reads the landmine. What is, what is Pelig What is he? Pelegro. Oh, they have the Minos quote. Minos? They have the quote here. Peligro Minas. What does that mean? Please don't right. tell me you're that... thinking what I think you're thinking. Why? What does Pel Pel Peligro <laughs> Minas mean? What? Yeah. Yeah. Danger minds. So I, 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 but I thought Roman kind of sort of spoke Spanish, right? I guess not that good, huh? He didn't. I, I guess, guess he didn't not. use all that money on Rosetta Stone, like he could have. <laughs> he had a lot of money and a lot of time. He could have done a lot of things with. Anyway, Thailand, like Thai, right? I don't think anybody in the crew speaks Thai, so that that joke wouldn't have worked. But it, they could have had like an elephant randomly come out of the jungle, and like maybe maybe they're like at the same time they're trying not to hit the elephant and then they try to make the elephant make sure the elephant doesn't step on the mines because that would be really bad and cruel and they so they try to drive they try to like steer the elephant in and then the elephant crashes into a tank and then it explodes and then there's a submarine and <laughs> i just can't i, just I don't can't know. anymore they just don't I just even think try. i don't i I just don't. I don't. I don't know why they had to make up a country. That's my point. Is 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 Montecchino? That's your problem with the movie. That's my. That is one of my biggest beefs. Is that <laughs> they, they they just they film somewhere and then they don't even like admit it. It's like no, that's not Thailand. Like, it's this fictional Latin American country that we're just gonna pretend exists. And you, I bet you know what? I bet most of the audience did not even notice or care. I don't Did think most audience care. could find Thailand on a map, never mind find this fictional country. Matt, I bet it's one of those product placement things where, like, they probably went to Thailand and, like, hey, if you pay us a bunch of money, we'll say it's Thailand. And Thailand said, screw you, so they made up a fake country. That's my guess, um, is they just didn't get the tax credit, so they didn't say where it was. <laughs> um, which seems like something That'll this movie them. would do. Um, yeah, it does. Magnet car. Is this where the magnet car, the, not magnet car, the magnet plane? Yes. This is where the magnets are first introduced. Yes. A big the car is made element. of magnet. So the plane picks up, it picks up the car. 
Um, by the way, gr- great, excellent, excellent uh, YouTube video. I think IGN did it in their series, Ask the, es- Ask the Experts. They actually got a physics expert to explain that scene. Oh. And that's, that's I, I recommend it. It's, wor- it's worth a watch, and it, it pretty much... It covers about all the bases that you that you think it's going to cover, and it's, it's it's tremendous just to watch his react. He's like watching it um, and reacting to it in real time. It's great. Um, also, he, he he doesn't even really want to touch the uh, the later scene in the movie, <laughs> outer space. So yeah, um, yeah, for good reason probably. So was this the stupidest thing that that Dominic Toretto has ever done? literally slingshot his car into a bunch of like a pile of rocks it's definitely up there for sure no disagreement from me that was i think that and the end of the movie where he is in the giant transport vehicle that's like exploding and upside down and rolling around and he like manages to stop it and keep it driving and that was pretty stupid too but this was definitely up there like if if we were to have like a bracket challenge of of just all the dumb stuff that Dominic is Dominic Toretto has done yep. or any, any of the characters. I think that would be, I think that would be in the final four. Absolutely. Literally. He, he projectiles himself around in a loop and then <laughs> he doesn't even like, I was, I was expecting him when he was doing it. I was expecting him to like land perfectly or like land on the bridge and like keep driving. But no, he smashes into the rocks, flips over multiple times in 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 a stunt that would easily kill or or brutally paralyze the the the, the hardiest of men. And 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 he he comes out completely unscathed. Vin Diesel's stunt double got seriously injured making this movie. That's how dangerous these stunts were for a fake movie. Never mind in reality. I mean, it's it's absolutely ludicrous. Now, maybe now's a good time because it was kind of around here um, in the movie where um, Roman goes on his We're Invincible runner where he points out to the other team members that, guys, you ever notice how we never get hurt and we should be dead many times? Like, look at all these guys who shot at me and I didn't get hit by a single bullet. We must be invincible. And they laugh him off. And Matt, I would like to know my, your thoughts on my- this. My favorite scene in the entire franchise, Sean, and I'm I am not exaggerating. I I I was so excited about that scene. Do you know what I wrote in my notes? What I wrote? Oh my god, is this movie really going there? Oh my god, really hoping Roman breaks the fourth wall here. Come on, Roman, do it. They did not go there. And then I had a bunch of disappointed faces. What did you think he was going to be like? And what's with all these cameras? No, no, not like that. Like I was, I was actually hoping I knew it was, it was too good to be true. Once like Ted started like really agreeing with him, I knew it was going to be like, Oh, he's just like messing with him. I I thought, I thought what was going to happen was he was like, Roman was going to be like, and you know, come to think of it, like uh, nobody ever gets hurt, or like nobody dies, or like like you know, I I've been sh- I was just shot like fifty times. Yeah, I was I was hoping it would it would be some sort of like they're all in a simulation, <laughs> like Mister Nobody's simulation, and they're all like literal video game characters, and it's revealed like by the end of the movie that this entire thing is just like 
in this computer simulation that Mr. No and Mr. Nobody is really the bad guy all along because mm. he's been he's been like messing with them the and they're like in some sort of like fugue state or like dream state. Basically, they're in the Matrix. Yeah. I think was what I was going for because that's the only thing that could make sense. Like that could explain it all to my brain. Maybe they're all actors in, in a in a Fast and Furious type movie franchise. <laughs> Like they pull it was it Tropic Thunder? Yeah, they where they that? pull back the, when they're and they go and cut and they're like and they're yeah. all actors. No, I I like the idea and I did enjoy it, but I also think it's bullshit because you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. Like the movie doesn't get to make fun of itself and get away with it. Like just because you point out something is stupid doesn't make it not stupid. Like, well, see, that's that's where I that's where I I. I the scene went from being the best and my fa- my favorite in the franchise, although like right away it just immediately soured for me. It did like I said, it didn't stick the landing because in the end it was just dismissed as oh you're just being stupid instead of like playing with it and and I don't know messing with the the formula a little bit. It was just like yeah no actually you're dumb for even thinking that because obviously we're cool and awesome and that's why we've never been hurt. Or it's because of something, something about family and God, and that's why we've never been hurt. <laughs> instead, no, I, that's that's literally what the movie is like feeding us. Instead, uh, I I I would have preferred taking Roman's little like skeptic route and like, wait, no, it's good to question this. Why why as have I never been hurt on a mission before? Like how we took down tanks and submarines and spaceship, like, and nothing nothing bad has happened, and. That was what I was waiting for them to just be like, wait, can we live forever? And then they start like testing it out, like doing like super insane stuff just to see if they could get away with it and live. But instead, the movie's just like, I think we've, yeah, I guess we're just extremely lucky. And that's how it works. (laughs) See, here's how I would have written the scene is I would have had it go the same way. And he says, no, we're invincible. And he goes, nah, we're not. Yeah, no, I, I really think we are. And then. Tej picks up a gun and says, okay, you want me to test it? And he like, they, he plays along. Yeah, go ahead. What are you going to do? Shoot me? He goes, yeah. Tej pulls the trigger, kills Roman. Roman's dead for the rest of the franchise. Like, like the only way you get away with this is, is he points it out and then someone has to die immediately. Like you don't, Sean, you I, I didn't, you, you can't joke about it and then have all the characters live. All right. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I've, I've been hiding behind it for, for too long. They go to space in this movie. <laughs> Tej and Roman go to space in a car. They fly into space. They go into orbit. And then they, they crash, crash the into a car satellite. into a satellite, Matt. Okay, but, but but the reason I bring that up, because I, I, I didn't want to bring it up prematurely. I wanted to give it its due. But I had the ex- it's because I had the exact same thought in the scene where they're both in the car and they're and they're flying into orbit and they're actually like above the clouds. And there's a rocket engine strapped to the top of the car. I thought it would have been hilarious if, because Roman is doubting it the whole time. And he, he's like, he's like, can't. he's like, he's like, man, we're going into space in a car. Do you realize how insane this is? This is not going to work. There is no way this is going to work. And then, and then Tej is like, don't worry, man. I, I know the science. I've crunched the numbers. It's all science and math, man. I paid attention in school. It's all going to be fine. I want, I so badly wanted the next scene where, where you like, where the, like you see like the planet earth is like appearing in front of their eyes and it's like all magical. I just wanted the camera to pull back and then just watch the car just 
slowly <laughs> explode <laughs> as they enter Earth's atmosphere. I just want, I wanted that so badly. Um, but I, and I thought about it, just how great it would have been to eat, to just transition, like cut everything else out and just hard transition from them talking about the science and math and how it's all going to be fine to just them. No, see, you, <laughs> like, you gotta that's do, the end of them. You got to have that tight shot of the eyes in the, in the glass circle and the camera slowly pans out and it's their frozen bodies floating in space <laughs> after the car failed. <laughs> End of movie. No, I agree. It's it's so that's why I did not like this scene because you can't point that out and then have it come true. That is having your cake and eating it too. But whatever. Good. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I I'm laughed. Hundred percent. I thought it was funny. <laughs> should've, they should have put the. They should have done. They should have shot Roman. That would. I think that would have been great. Like, no, you were. Go ahead, shoot me. Go ahead, shoot me. And it's just like he's just totally just his chest has exploded. <laughs> the next scene is this them at the at his funeral. Be like, like I guess we're not invincible. <laughs> Roman died the way he lived, being a dipshit, <laughs> questioning everything. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, <sighs> being the comic relief. Yeah, god damn it. Um, um, would have been great. I, I, uh, yeah, sad we didn't get that. Uh, instead, what what do we get? Well, uh, we have to mention Mia arrives at this point. Uh, no Brian. Brian is home watching the kids, uh, making stressing throughout the entire movie, start to finish, how much Brian is very much alive. Uh, <laughs> how he's totally alive. Going yes. real out of the way to make sure they know Brian is doing great. Um, Mia is there to help, obviously, also Jacob's sister. Um, it is at this point uh, the team splits up. So uh, let's catch up with the different members of the team. Let's start with the bad guys. Jacob meets Otto, his associate and financier, who uh, we're introduced to a, a rich, spoiled son of a foreign diplomat who wants to one-up his father uh, and take control of the world. And also we have Charlize Theron returning as Cypher, um, who I can only imagine the giant paycheck she got to spend the whole movie in a box for about four let's, minutes let's... of screen time. <laughs> <laughs> and and also somehow found a hairdresser and a manicurist and someone to do all of her makeup. She looked good in, in the, the time box. between she was kidnapped and then or captured and then recaptured again and then put in a glass box. Yeah. Um. I also she she got she definitely got got a voice coach because she doesn't she doesn't talk like this anymore. Yeah, she's got more she confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like she's more confident villain. Um. Speaking of confident villains and incompetent villains, we got Otto, who sucks, and pretty much every word out of his mouth is how rich he is but and how cool what? his dad is. He We're not cool, my... but rich. I liked is. Otto. I did. And, and you know, he, he was a shitty character, but he, he really kind of fit this movie where he had, and there's some good one-liners for him on the quote page, where... Um, you know, he would be like, okay, listen up. I want 50 of the best men. I want gun. I want wheels. Freaking X-Wing fighters. I don't care. The Millennium Falcon, Chewbacca, if you can get a hold of him. Money's no object. Go. Like, I thought he w he played that role really well, um, including, I think, one of my favorite lines of the movie towards the end where he's on the phone and he goes, spoiled rich pricks run the world. And I just, I don't know. I liked him. I did. It was not a, like, thrilling character, but of all the, like, B-level villains in this movie, I liked him. Well, I'll put it this way. In my in my notes, I I had a note about basically questioning why he's in the movie. 
and then it becomes very apparent why he's in the movie at the end, right? Like the penultimate scene, kind of like the climactic scene. It, it's like, okay, that that's why they, he's in the movie. It's, you know. Um, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't hate him. I didn't hate him, like, in the movie. Matter of fact, he grew on me eventually, like, over time as a, as a villain. Just, But I'm saying, like, he sucks. Like, he just sucks. Oh, no, he he's, definitely sucks. Like, yeah. Yeah, we're not person, supposed to like him. <laughs> no. No, not really. But it, it was just he was just extremely one dimensional, I think, for all of the movie. But Oh yeah. But that's okay. You know, that's these that's these these movies, the, the most of the villains are, are pretty pretty one note, pretty rudimentary. Well I was gonna say, let me ask you at this point, um, what did you think of John Cena as Jacob in this movie? I I really didn't like it. I didn't like him. I can't. I have to say. I know that he's fa- he's in it. He's in this movie because he's famous. He's in the movie because he's an action star. Um, I didn't. I I didn't think he had any any sort of resemblance to Vin Diesel in any way, shape, or form. So it was really the believability was really hard for me. And I know it's really kind of kind of uh, uh, a pointless exercise to talk about believability in a movie where they literally drive a car into space. Um, but I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't like him. I think he fell, he fell flat for me in a lot of different ways, a lot of different areas. I, I, throughout the movie, I, I was just, I found myself wishing that there was another character that, that was, could play the role. Yeah. I, this actually would have been perfect if, if it, if it retroactively, if the character Hobbs did not exist, I would, and, and you know, the whole thing about the rock and, and Dom and and Dom, um, Vin Diesel, right? Hating each other. I would have said the rock would have been a perfect person to play his brother. I think he's more believable than, than John Cena. I think this movie let John Cena down. If I'm really being honest, I think unlike Vin, well, Vin did a little bit, but John Cena split screen time with his past self and Otto. So he never really had a hundred percent control of the villain role. He has very few lines in this movie. He mostly just kicks ass and stares mostly. He doesn't talk a lot. And I thought the lines he had weren't bad. I wish they had used him more. Because I think he could have... Like, I think of the scene where they're at the mansion and they have a little back and forth. I think John Cena was good in that scene. So I was bummed out that the movie let him down. Because in general, I like John Cena. He's much more of a comedian than, like, Vin or The Rock is. He very rarely does serious stuff. I think he could have been good in this movie if the movie let him that's that's my two cents on jacob for what it's worth you don't think that the marketing department was like oh who's who's a really popular cool action guy john cena okay we're gonna he's gonna be in the movie no matter what yeah so we can draw crowds and we'll write the role we'll write the role around him right so they they i think they purposely didn't give him a lot of lines and may have even said you know what instead of making him the main villain Let's throw in. Let's give him like two helpers. We'll 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 pull in. We'll get. We'll but grab I don't think Sharice they had to on. do that. They didn't right. have to do that. They underestimated John. Never underestimate John Cena. Should I play the music again? Um, never uh, yeah. underestimate him because I really think they could have given him more to do. And I agree with you. I bet that's exactly what happened. And they were like, John Cena's one more big name to put on the poster. We can tease him as the bad guy, but we don't have to actually have him be the bad guy. Um, and I think that was a mess. For for what's worth. Um. Did you guess did you guess the ending like as soon as the character was introduced? 
which ending? The um, the, the fact that he the twist. The twist with his character involving the the role his character plays. Oh yeah, but they that was in the marketing. I you know they didn't really try was and hide it? it. Yeah, if you watch no, some of the trailers, no. they're kind of like they hint at it. Um, okay. So that's one team. Um, they discovered that the other half of Ares is in Edinburgh. At that point, Dom goes to meet his father's former mechanic, Buddy, uh, who is played by, um, oh, what's his name? Michael Rooker. That's the name I'm thinking of. Um, at the racetrack, uh, where he learns that Jacob is in London, uh, Letty and Mia go to Tokyo to find what Han still alive. And he has a, quirky kid sidekick yeah that's right i forgot that go taking a literally taking a car into space was not the craziest thing that happened in this movie in fact it's kind of believable when you when you stack it next to that yeah by the way i thought jeff bridges would have been a good choice a better choice to play the uh old man that raised jacob oh that jeff would have been bridges. fun yeah that would have been fun yeah it i been, think michael would was much fun. cheaper uh, <laughs> he, and he, yeah, he he's only in the one scene where he just yeah. says something family and here's a Corona. A lot of so, Corona. And flexing. They flex. They both flex. So um, I loved I love that scene, by the way, where he goes to him and he's like, I, you know, I can't tell you where he is. And then Dom is like. He like basically pouts and he's like. But he's going to hurt a lot of people. OK, I'll I'll tell you where he is like right, right away. Just night and day. Um, oh, and by the way, here's a Corona. We'll, we'll have the <laughs> enjoy a Corona on me. Um, uh, yeah. So, so Han is alive. So that's something that happened. Um, that honestly, that was a little bit of a shock to me that hadn't been spoiled really, uh, for, for me. I, you know, at this point it's kind of like, yeah, of course, like that, that figures that tracks for the series, but, uh, yeah. He's alive, um, and he is looking a little, a little rough, a little rough around the edges. I mean, t- time does that, I guess. Yeah, faking your own death isn't easy for anybody. Uh, we learned that he had worked with Mr. Nobody, actually, separate of the team, um, along with Deckard Shaw. Um, when Jacob went rogue, Deckard Shaw helped fake Han's death in Tokyo Drift, um, so he could protect Ellie, uh, his female uh ward i guess um and protect the aries like that word ward. i don't know what the the actual description uh of the film describes her as a ward so no you're right he i mean she's her she is like the her his charge right she's yes. he's he takes care of her he essentially adopted her but i guess just uh he protects her he looks out for her whenever i hear ward in reference to like a, like a pseudo adopted child i always think of bert ward who played um, Robin in the yes. original Batman. Yes. And that's my little association game with that word. Who was a word. So um, so they are alive. Now we cut to, again, in Germany, Roman and Tej bring back some old friends. Jay Wiz, Matt, we're working on rocket cars. Oh, it was it was great to see old, old, old country Sean back. Sean uh, and Twinkie are back. Who's Twinkie? Was he somebody from these movies? Yes. Should I know him? Yes, Twinkie was like the main character from Tokyo Drift. Played by um, Bow Wow. 
Oh, <laughs> oh, that's oh, yeah, Bow Wow. Is that who he was supposed to be? Yeah, he's old Bow Wow now. It's the same actor. That's that is actually Bow Wow who played him. Bow Wow, yes. They didn't get a different actor. No, it's the same guy. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long yeah. time since that movie. Oh my god, that's wow. And the uh, the Asian gentleman Earl uh was also in Tokyo Drift. He had he had a very minor role as a mechanic. He didn't really have a lot of screen time. But all three now, of them Now see I I actually remember I remember him really? more than I remember I did not remember him at all. Twinkie. But yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh my god. In that's you know, just, so it was such a revelation to me that 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 is Lil Bow Wow. That's what he looks like. Wow, okay. Right. Adult Bow Wow. Yeah, has has been a long time. Yeah. You know, it's not so little anymore. It, it's wild to me that in a movie filled with insane things that are impossible, maybe one of the stupidest is that these three guys from a movie a decade ago somehow ended up going from Tokyo to working on rocket cars in Germany. Just makes yes. just no real, not even like we used to drift and we thought, wow, what if we could drift with rockets? Like they don't even try to, they're just like, no, we're just here building rockets for the fun of it. <laughs> like, like they just brush it off, which maybe is a good thing. They don't. Ex- they didn't get like degree. They didn't talk about how they got their degrees somewhere. But like or, even like, what their goal oh yeah, was. We, we, apl- we really, we we were inspired after that race to really apply ourselves to our studies and and you know we got into MIT on a full scholarship and now we build rockets in Germany. No, it was just like yeah, we just thought it'd be cool if we started building rockets. So well, now that's what even, we do. Even if they had said like we're trying to build the world's fastest car or something, I'd be like okay, cool. But like they don't even do that. No, they're they're just rocket engineers, and somehow their place of work has allowed them to take a material, very expensive and volatile materials from their job site, and tie it to a car. Literally, just that's what yep. they did. They just fastened it to a car, um, and they test them in uh, in Germany. Yeah, I guess that's German engineering is that superior and uh, efficient. But the good news is, Matt, <laughs> this won't come up again in the movie. Um, no, the, no need uh, for it. Then, then we go to London. Uh, Dom meets Queenie Shaw, uh, who is stealing some jewels from a fancy party. Uh, and they go on a car chase from the police in a scene I actually kind of enjoyed because you can tell they aggressively cut to make sure they never really show Helen Mirren actually driving, but it's actually a lot of fun. Um, and she eventually gives him Jacob's location in Edinburgh. Um, where Dom, uh, no, at that point, Queenie drops him off at Otto's fancy mansion. Dom confronts them. Otto has Dom arrested by Interpol, but an old friend of Dom's, played by Cardi B, of all people, um, busts him out. I, I like that they gave Helen Mirren the car. She always wanted this part, right? Like From the very beginning, I think we even read an interview on the show where she was uh, like really into the idea of taking the role, but her, her big stipulation was that she got to drive in a fast, you know, a cars go fast scene. And, and she did. So she lived her dream. It was great. Um, And I liked at the end where she tells, she tells Dom, you're my favorite American in that like very flirtatiously direct sort of way. Um, Right. You're my. He's like you're just like you're my favorite American, and yeah, uh, it's yeah, way more believable chemistry than he ever had with his like 
movie wife. Um, I agree. Michelle Rodriguez. So, um, Cardi B is in this movie. Yes. And that's the point where it's basically just a, just a, a, a visual cue to the audience to just stop taking everything serious. Like if you were, if at any point you had any pretenses of, of taking anything in this movie seriously, you could like just drop, like let that go right now. Cause nothing in this movie is, is, is to be taken seriously or valued. And that's, that's your cue. It's like, okay, yep. There's Cardi B. She kind of fills the role of like, I, they used to do this a lot with the Jersey Shore cast members back in like the early 2010s where they would appear in stuff. And then as soon as they appeared, it was like, oh, okay, this is a joke, right? Like nothing, this is not serious or fun. But you think or, or it's fun, but it's not like, no, don't take it seriously no. at all. But is Which this- you, I mean, to be fair, if you're going into this movie, you probably should have already left all of those inhibitions at the door already. But is this that much stupider than uh, Kevin Hart? in the previous film, in Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, I don't think she was terrible in this role, not that it was a hard role. I get it's a little more stunt casting-y, but at the same time, I'm like, it's not like this is the first time there have been like a random celebrity in one of these movies. No, no, I mean, and it makes sense. Like, as these movies get more famous and they got, you know, get more pop of a pop culture centerpiece you're gonna have that it makes sense i'm not knocking it i'm just saying this is the moment where it's gonna they the movie directly tells your brain just stop paying attention to like minute minutiae like we do on this show right. this is what we do paying uh, attention to minutiae should just be the name of the show <laughs> we'll have to workshop that we'll we'll, we'll workshop i that, can't but... spell minutiae uh no matt and, and we still have a lot of movie to get to throughout so i couldn't keep i shouldn't keep sidetracking us but matt what celebrity would you like to see make a cameo in the next Fast and Furious movie? I have an Ken answer. Ken Jennings. Oh, that would be fun. Okay, that'd be odd. I was going to say Gary Busey. Okay. Like, really, just go, just go wild. I could see that. Um, how about Harrison Ford? No, because I, I think he's too... <laughs> ser- no, I think you have to bring in, like... Oh, what about Jesse Ventura? You know, Matt, I want to be in the next Fast and Furious movie. How about Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura? Vince McMahon would be so good in one of these movies. How awesome would that be? And you also have The Rock and and John Cena. Yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin actually, I do think would be good in one of these movies. Like keep like keep getting wrestlers. I'm amazed he hasn't been in it already. I'm 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 very very surprised he hasn't tried to be in it. Yeah. Um, if he, I guess, um, yeah, you could have gotten, you could have probably even, what? Former president Barack Obama. Hey, why not? He plays like a security guard or something. Yeah. Like, like he, or, you know, he's like a, he's like a, a a barista. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're welcome. welcome Like, like that would make, honestly, if that happened in one of these movies, I would not be surprised at all. Are you, you see like a big, like there's somebody's like reading a big newspaper and then like all, they'd like push the newspaper down and it's Bernie Sanders behind the newspaper and oh, blah, 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 or no, be even better, even better. It's, um, it is, uh, the Seinfeld guy who plays playing Bernie Sanders. Oh, Larry uh, David. Can I, I, Larry David. Yes. He's the guy reading. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't see why not. Basically, the point is anybody, anybody 
would be would be great in these movies and probably better than whoever they got to play um Vin Diesel's dad. Yeah, not so. not awesome. Well, speaking of people who are in the movie, let's continue on. We're in Edinburgh, Tej, Roman, Ramsey, Dom, there where Jacob is using a large electromagnet on the inside of a delivery van to screw up the electronics in the secure facility to bust in so Jacob could bust in. Seemed actually pretty easy to do, if I'm being honest. Bust in, steal the other half of Ares. He zip lines away, um, and it's up to uh, Tej, Roman, and Ramsey to uh, secure the other half of Ares in this truck, um, leading them on another chase. Ramsey, who's never driven in the movie where people drive, what? Um, she gets in front of the driver's wheel while Roman and Tej kick a bunch of ass in the back of the truck. Yeah, it was nice to see Ramsey get to drive because this is a movie where people drive and and she hasn't driven yet. So I, I wrote that down. Good to see Ramsey get, yeah, she was good. get a turn behind the wheel. She does more than just computers. Um... By the way, this is a, going a little bit back further, but I didn't mention it. In the scene where they're in the plane and they're like the it's like the first exposition dump, like right before that, um their Mr. Nobody's FBI agent takes like an antacid. But yes. did you notice that the package the he takes the antacid from is Japanese? Yes. Has like Japanese writing on it. What is that about? Is that some sort of callback to something or did they well, just think it looked exotic and cool? I believe um, that it is actually that FBI agent has been in these movies before. He is the FBI agent from the very first movie um, who gets his nose busted by Brian in the very first movie. Really? I think that was the and second movie. Uh, right? No, according to Wikipedia, it was the very first movie. The very first movie? Okay. And then he comes back in six to help Brian covertly enter prison to meet up with Braga. That's the per same guy? It's the same guy, and and he is in F9, um, who debriefs the team. Now, uh, I don't know why he's drinking the Japanese tablet, to be honest. But yes, it is the okay. same guy. Same actor, same character. I, wonder, I just wondered if said, there was some kind of story behind that. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> like, they, like obviously, the, like the prop people would have had to go out of their way to buy these Japanese antacids and instead of just getting one for like an Alka-Seltzer from ShopRite or something. But anyway, I digress. I just I had to, I felt like I had to mention it. See if you pick your brain a little bit. See if you had any any no, reason there. It would be. I don't know if that was because it was Mr. Nobody's. I, I have no idea. Maybe it does mean something, but not that I can figure out. Um, so uh, the team uh, captures Jacob, brings him to the safe house. Um, there's a little back and forth. We learn that Ellie is the DNA to unlock Project Ares. Uh, but Otto attacks, frees Jacobs, gets Ares. Um, Jacob at this point reveals to Dom that their father was actually attempting to throw the race on which he died and had instructed Jacob to tamper with his car. It wasn't Jacob trying to kill his father. Twist. Which is a bad way. Like, couldn't he have just, like, hit the brakes? Like, why did his car have to be tampered with? I, like I really... did not. I still, I still <laughs> don't really fully understand. <laughs> 
So I still don't understand why they, why did that have to come into being like, okay. Do you want me to try to explain it? Yes. Try to let's parse it out. Okay. Okay. You start. So Dom's father was in a lot of debt. Um, they did not say why, but he's, I don't know, buying cars or something. And so he was going, whoever had his debts wanted him to throw the race in exchange for forgiving some of those debts. So what they did was, I guess because it couldn't be obvious that he threw the race, what he did was went and fucked with his car. So if anyone said, hey, you threw the race, he'd say, no, actually the car was bad. So he didn't look liable. But because the combination of getting pitted at the wrong time and there being an oil slick on the track is what caused the accident to occur. So it's not that Jacob was sabotaging the car to try to kill his father, but rather his father was trying to lose the race to help cancel some of his debts. Does that make sense? So the father, wa- he was trying to lose the race, but was he trying to kill himself? No, he. that's the part where it's okay. like, I don't know why you have to sabotage the car. No, because you see in the in the crash scene, his car like falls out of gear and stops right before the right. crash. And that's that's what... Jacob messing with the car did, but he did it at the request of his father. So no, he wasn't trying to die. He was trying to lose, but it was that oil slick is what spun him out that put him into the wall. I see. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. When I was, as I was watching the movie, I interpreted as he, he had a lot of debt. So his plan was to creatively find a way to kill himself so that, his because but that wouldn't make sense because then his debt would just fall onto his kids and that would yeah there was put no like insurance in money or anything right okay no i had this peg totally wrong that was probably my bad but um okay all right i it makes a lot more makes a lot more sense now what what happened but uh what does not make sense is why jacob couldn't tell dom that well, it was this the- was what happened that like, okay, all he had is, Oh, you're out of prison. Oh, you want to race me? Wait, before you race me and get, because you're really obviously really mad. Let me explain exactly what happened. Dad had me sabotage the car because he was trying to throw the race. And he knew if I sabotage the car, throw the race. I didn't know he was going to die. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why didn't no. that, why didn't that ever happen? Because of the throwaway line of my father made me promise. I'd never tell you, which is pretty stupid. I agree. That's very dumb. But that's all that's a movie thing, you know, where it's like, you know, conflict is very easily solved if two people just talk. But the movie doesn't want that. So they just don't. It's like how how Home Alone could never work today because everybody has phones. I don't even know if Home Alone could have worked then. But Sean, did you know, did you know they're making a new Home Alone? They're making a spinoff like a a reboot. I did see that. Did you know I've never seen Home Alone? Don't know how it's going to work, but. It is happening. It's going to yeah. be on Disney Plus. Yeah, I need to watch that movie sometime. I've never seen. Home You've Alone. never seen Home Alone. I've never seen Home Alone. Not once. Sean, maybe that's a Christmas I, I, movie. I don't know. It is. It is a Christmas movie. No, I'm saying you we know, watch you it know, around Christmas. What? I think we should We're... do a live commentary on Home Alone around the holidays. Thank you. Yes, that is what I was getting at. We. That's what. Okay. I think that's that's in the works. That's happening. I think that'd be fun. That is something. Um, look forward to that on our patron, Patreon. 
coming up. Or maybe not. Maybe we'll 30, just do it thirty dollars a month. Uh, all right. So at this point, we're 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 entering the finale of the movie. Jacob and Otto have Ellie. They have both halves of the Ares device. They launch a satellite into orbit and activate the device. They begin uploading Ares to the satellite as they move through Georgia, the country, not the state, uh, in a large armored truck. Because obviously, why would the villains have a headquarters that sits still when it could be on wheels so the car people could come kick their ass? Um, Dom, Letty, Mia, Ramsey, and Han give chase to stop the upload. Um, A bunch of action ensues. Um, Eventually... uh, Otto turns on Jacob. Jacob then teams up with Vin and team to defeat Otto. Um, this is where they start going real nuts with the magnets, which magnets just don't work that way. I'm sorry. It just, it was really, it, it looked cool and was really stupid, which I guess is what you could call the whole franchise. But I was really getting annoyed with like, you can't just, you can't, a car is made of metal. Like you can't just put it in the car and it was very upsetting to me. Uh, I, this this is this is at that point in the movies where I I just my brain turns off and I'm just like okay. it's a car going fast and things are happening like explosions. I mean, they happening. crashed a lot of cars, a lot of yeah. cars. It was cool. <laughs> That's um, what they were going for. It was just it was just of all the dumb shit. They even sent one of them into space. Well, while that's happening, Tej. Roman and the Tokyo Drift crew have taken their Pontiac with a giant rocket on it, strapped it to the top of a plane, don't know where they got the plane, um, fly it up high and launch the rocket off of the plane into outer space to intercept a satellite. Now, this was one of those things where before they made the movie, there were jokes after like the submarine thing in 8. They were like, where are they going to go next, outer space? <laughs> and then they did it in the movie, Matt. And I wasn't mad. I was just confused. Like, like you know when something is so upsetting, you're not mad. You're just uneasy. That's how I felt. I, I, I agree with that. Uneasy is the right word for it. Um, the whole time I was thinking... Where where is the where's the military? Like wh- you would have to think and understand that like in order for this to happen every military force on earth would have to just be, be like shot out of the sky. Just non-existent, right? In order to to like the airspace over Georgia, the country, not the state, um neighboring countries, Russia, um with with like sizable military and and space presence would under would know and care about this satellite being in orbit there was n- not enough willing suspension this is the fact that the guy that launched it was super mega rich it was it was not enough of a plausible de- like deniability to, yeah. to get me to to get that to sit well with me well that's what pissed me off was it is it managed to get stupider at every step like i'm like all right, they put a rocket on a car on the ground. That's dumb. Oh, wait, they're actually going to put it on top of a plane? That's stupid. Oh, they're actually going to launch it into space? That's crazy. Oh, my God, they're going to drive it through a satellite? That's insane. And then, by the way, and I know this is one of those me things, but I think the stupidest part was none of that. 
The stupidest part was when they drove up to the International Space Station and was like, hey, can you let us in? And then they did. Like, what would you think would happen in real life? Forget all the stuff before it. If scientists on the International Space Station looked out and saw a Pontiac with a giant engine strapped to it and two dudes in scuba suits saying, hey, can you... What the hell? <laughs> like, that to me, and they just brushed it off like, yeah, we spent a couple weeks in space before they let us come back down. I'm like... <laughs> that's not how any of the I was willing to let you drive a car through a satellite. You don't get to come home after that. Sean, I I thought I thought Tej and Roman were dead. When they when they smashed the car through the satellite, I thought for sure because they gave not just not just take out take out the fact that they were they were driving seventy thousand miles per hour when they when they collided with that satellite. Take that out of the equation completely. Right? Just equate, like, like figure out the part where, figure out the part where, where they're, they, they're, they're going so fast into the satellite, but they, right before that, in minutes before that, Roman gives this like heartfelt speech about fate and family and, and luck and how we're, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out on the top of the world. Like he, he he narratively he set it up for them to die, but they still lived. So at that point, doesn't does it not just confirm? Does it not just confirm what Romans has been saying all along that the, they're they're just immortal? Yeah. Like if any if anything leads lends credence to that statement, it's it's that the fact that they can smash through this satellite and and literally not even a scratch. But it- I don't know. They just obviously because the thing is they could they could have killed them and now they've set up a precedent where anybody can die and come back to life. So I don't know why they didn't just do that. But I guess they had to be there for the barbecue at the end. Well, they all have to be there for the barbecue. That's why I'm starting my petition that I'd like you to sign. Bring back Gal Gadot to the Fast and Furious franchise. It's about time. Uh, if you can bring anyone back, bring her back. Kind of incredible that that she's the only one that is. I think well, besides Dom's wife, second wife, right. girlfriend, no, baby uh, mama, baby mama. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. She's in heaven, as he tells his son. Um, right, watching. She's watching over um, little Brian. Yeah, she's watching everything you're doing. Um, no, I, I. Whatever. If you're gonna send him to space, having him drive through a satellite is kind of the best case scenario. So I'll give him that. I don't think the execution's the problem. I think the concept is the problem. That being said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny and stupid. Like I'm not gonna go out and say like it was bad and I hated it. I didn't. Literally the scene where he punches the gas in the spaceship and it drives into a satellite and explodes it. I'm like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in a film. Like, literally, I was very excited to watch it. And I'll say, the overall action in this one in particular, I thought was really good. I thought it was well shot. I thought it was exciting. It didn't... A problem in some of the other movies is the action scenes seem to take forever. You know, they're very repetitive. I didn't feel that. I felt like they had a lot of small action scenes rather than two or three long ones. So... I give credit where credit's due. It was exciting throughout the movie, so I didn't hate the space stuff. I'm just mad that it happened. I, at the point where they're crashing into the satellite, I just want to clarify, I, I wasn't really, 
I wasn't really mad at that either. I was just mad at the, that they did it and there were no consequences right. for, for that. Right. Like they just, they didn't die. Nothing. But that's just what, that's kind of been the trope for all these, like every movie so far. Um, I thought it was awesome. I was rooting for them to do it. And I, I, I knew as soon as the, the, the countdown was going and they were, Oh no, you've got about six seconds left. Of course, they're going to smash through it at, at top speed. Um, cause you can accelerate without any sort of like, um, friction, <laughs> right? That's how, that's how it works. You just push the pedal down and you fly. It oh just, it just works. It's the engine just... propels you because of of God and family. Remember, that's, man, that's what's keeping, that's what's the, in the tank heart. A little plastic O-ring about this big caused the Challenger shuttle to completely explode on takeoff. But these Yoohoo's can strap a couple of rocket parts onto an old ass Pontiac and send it to outer space. Just think about that. Um, well, we got to get to the end of the movie here. Uh, Dom and Mia reconcile with Jacob at the end. Um, Dom allows him to escape. He has a line about someone else once gave me a second chance on a 10 second car. So he gives him his car and Jacob escapes. Uh, Cypher, who busted out of the box uh, and tried to use a drone to uh, get Ares up and running, uh, it exploded. I'm sure she'll return in a future movie. The team celebrates their success with barbecue at Dom's house. Uh, the young kid gets to say grace. How sweet. And he says, oh, there's an empty seat at the table. Who's this for? And once you know it, Brian O'Connor's car rolls up and we never see him. And the movie ends. And his, his license plate says still totally alive. <laughs> <laughs> Not He's dead. got a bumper sticker. Got a bumper sticker. It says, ain't it great to be alive on the back of his car. Um, I, I was really hoping that they would do a, um, like he'd pull, he'd roll up and the window would roll down and it would just be that creepy CGI Brian just like. I, I was thinking that. Like, that would have been great. I was thinking the same thing as soon as I saw the car. I knew immediately who it was going to be. I thought I thought they were going to go like even full step and they were going to like like cut back and everybody would be like looking at him at the table and then it would be creepy CG Brian at the head of the table, like doing that exact same smile. But I, I'm very glad they didn't go in that direction. That would have been, that would have been unsettling and, and bad. It's but, just so weird. Um, yeah. And then we have a mid credit scene uh, at the end of this one. Deckard Shaw is punching a punching bag with a dude inside of it, which is kind of badass. Uh, and well, cause Hansh, you forgot, remember he, he hasn't been in the movie yet. That's so right. It's like, it's an uncredited right? cameo. Everybody's got to be in the movie except for the rock. I guess he, was he was very aggressively not in this movie. Um, yes. And Han arrives at his door. Ooh, are we going to get a Mr. Nobody, Han, and Deckard team up in the future? That would be pretty cool. Seems to be what they're setting up. Definitely teasing that. Um, and that's it. Then the end credits roll. And end of, end of the movie. Approaching the end of the franchise, I've already announced there's only going to be two more movies number 10 part one and number 10 part two, which doesn't make sense. They should just do 10 and 11, but whatever, um, which are coming out in 2023 and 2024, respectively, both helmed by Justin Lin. Um, Matt, before we get into talking about the franchise as a whole, which we certainly have to do now that we're done, let's talk about F9 um, in terms of final thoughts and a rating. Uh, I don't mind going first here. 
I continue to contend that this movie has a really good um, back and forth in terms of good. It, it's a pendulum, good, bad, good, bad. Um, I thought five was great. Six, not so good. I thought seven was great. Eight, not so good. F9, I thought was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, it was too long, but all these movies are. But it kept my attention. Um, I loved the mix of the t- the uh, flashback stuff. I thought kind of mixed the movie up, made it less monotonous. I thought breaking the teams up and sending them to different places worked well in this one. Um, I think giving Roman and Tej more to do, I think, helped to the movie a lot. Um, I think bringing Mia back and getting her with Letty helped them. I just think this movie was really well structured. Um, and though it was immensely stupid, overall, I would say I enjoyed it. On a scale of 0 to nine, uh, zero to 10 electromagnets, I am going to give this a 7.5. Just a 7.5? Yeah, I think it could hit an 8. I, I don't know how much higher it would go. I mean, in a second, I'm going to make us ra- uh, uh, rank all the movies from our favorites to least favorites. And so I'm just trying to remember where I rank the other ones. But I think in that seven and a half, eight range. Oh boy. Um, well, okay. What are we going to say about this? So uh, last movie so far in the franchise that is ongoing. Um, I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really dislike the plot right we talk about the plot and the writing first i I would say that the writing was i i actually thought that um you like for for the uh for the amount of screen time she had she didn't have right i thought Charlize theron had one of the best lines in the movie which was one of the most creative like like really well thought lines where she she's comparing um otto to, to to different star wars characters and she says uh He's like, well, okay, maybe I'm not Luke Skywalker. Maybe I'm more like Han Solo. Uh, and she goes, no, I think you're you're more like Yoda. And he's like, oh, because he's the best Jedi, right? And she goes, no, because he's a puppet with somebody else's hand up his ass. I thought that was one of the best lines She's in this good. whole series. She's so it was good. a great. It was just great, and it was very well delivered by her. She was better in this movie than I thought she was when she was like the main villain in her own movie. Um, so villain, I thought was, was very good. I, I, Otto, his purpose became a lot clearer as the movie went on. Like he was the one that was going, that kind of funded this whole operation. And he also needed to rescue Charlize Theron, right? Get her out of her predicament. He was also the one who, um, he was also the one who, uh, uh, had to betray, Jacob, so he would have he would have second thoughts, and there had to be a, a re- reconciliation moment where the prodigal son returns home. Um, so he's the catalyst for that. So I, I understand he's necessary in this in this film. I, I get where he fits. Um, I, I I think that where the movie fell short in terms of the the characters and the acting was the casting. Right, we talked about the um, lackluster casting of all of the basically everybody that was involved in the flashbacks. Um, although in one of the flashbacks, I'll talk about this when I talk about style, I really liked the subtitles, the way that they did subtitles and just in one, it was just in that one particular scene. I don't think they carried throughout the whole movie and I was kind of disappointed. It didn't, I thought it was really cool. Just the stylistic way they played with this, with subtitles to like that. They, 
they weren't they weren't just at the bottom of the screen. They like kind of came up like in in sta- they were like staggered, almost like like title art or like credit art. I just thought that was cool. Um, and I, I I would like to see that in future Fast and Furious movies, where they just randomly decide to code switch into Spanish, um, or, or Portuguese. So, um, yeah, I I like I really thought this movie did some some of the stylistic things really well. I liked in the scenes where they went into outer space. It was it was a, adorable that it, somebody somebody did a little like very light homework. It was like when a kid turns in homework and it's like they they tried but but a lot of the answers they like either looked up online or like did, did a cursory Google search but you could tell they they wanted to make it convincing. So like the car when it's in space it has little frosted edges on it like you get like it looks like it got really cold cuz space is cold and and the um uh, what the the candy bars are floating, even <laughs> though the, the two characters are not, they're like still in their seat. But they the the little candy wrappers that that Roman binge ate are floating like they would in space, and they point that out. And, and I mean, it, it doesn't also kind of fails to mention that the if the entire car somehow survived going through the atmosphere, it would just literally pull itself apart because it's not really fastened the way that like a actually actual spaceship would be but i i just i like the things like that it it it's obviously does not take itself too seriously i like the self-referential moments where it was like this is stupid this can't happen i just didn't like how that they were handled or played out so i think in 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 in, in um if we're going to give um if we're going to give this movie um any cold coronas out of 10 ice cold space coronas um, I would say that this movie gets from me, it gets nine ice cold space Coronas. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and maybe, maybe like a cursory can of Nas because why wow. not? This movie goes wow. places and it tries things and I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought the, really what, what John, what brought me there with the, was the action scenes, the action sequences. There's so much heart in this, in the action sequences because they know why people are coming to the theater, right? They know why they're there and they're there for the cars going fast and the explosions happening. And there were, there were, there was enough of them and they, but they didn't overstay their welcome. And Helen Mirren, she is still a Fox. I I think that's wonderful. I will say if you are going to drink that many mediocre beers may not be safe to drive your space car. You might want to get a cab. (laughs) Um, Matt noted. I, I think that's great. We've seen 10 of these movies. Now it took us literally all summer into the fall, but we did it. Um, so now we're going to have to do the hard work. We got to rank these babies. Um, would you like to go first or should I? Um, this is going to be a really challenging thing to, for both of us to, to do. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. But if you're, if are you, are you prepared? If you're prepared, I, I will, I'll do all 10. Go, go for it. Go for it. Okay. I, I'm going to have a hard, I'm just letting you know, listeners, I'm going to have a hard time with this. This is not, not going to be easy for me but go for it so uh i will say starting from least favorite to favorite here we go least favorite film of the franchise too fast too furious i just didn't think it was very good sorry um right above that um the fast and the furious the very first one also not that great above that uh probably fast ampersand furious number four uh film number four uh again i thought was kind of soft 
Working our way up from there, I'm probably going to say uh, probably a tie between Fast and Furious 6 and The Fate of the Furious, numbers 6 and 8, which I thought were okay, but weren't really my standouts of the franchise. Um, the um, After that, I would say Furious 7, then Tokyo Drift, then F9, then Fast 5. I think Fast 5 is probably my favorite of the franchise. Um, the, 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 the original heist movie with the whole gang, um, I think is probably my number one, and I would put F9 up there in my top tier, Tokyo Drift up there, um, Furious 7 up there. Um, yes. Okay. And I think the first yeah. two were definitely the weakest of the franchise. Um, okay. For me... Oh, I forgot Hobbs and I'm Shaw. Just... I'm sorry, Matt. I don't mean to cut you off. I forgot Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw is in my, probably my top three. I think Hobbs okay. and Shaw, F9, and Fast Five are definitely my top three. I thought Hobbs and Shaw was fantastic. Yeah, that's fair. I, I was actually going to ask if we were going to count oh, yeah. Hobbs and Shaw since it's technically a spinoff, but it is part of the franchise. So, all right. Um... Here we go. I think my, I, I don't know. You know, it's funny about movies and, and franchises is that sometimes like it's, it just depends on the mindset or the mood you're in when you're watching them Totally. for whatever reason. And I, and I don't, I don't, th I mean, a lot of, a lot of the listeners are going to disagree with me, but um, it, maybe it was just the headspace I was in when I watched it or, or how I, uh, how I was feeling that day, any given day, it, it could be different, but mm -hmm. I would say, Hobbs and Shaw was probably my least favorite of the wow, franchise. I'm shocked. I thought it was it was just silly and 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 unnecessary. I thought like I know a lot, I get a lot of people really like that one. It was it was very popular, uh, and I think I probably even rated it pretty highly on the show. So I I might just be a contradictory. <laughs> no, that's okay, asshole. So um, I would say Hobbs and Shaw is was my least favorite. I just didn't I didn't really enjoy it. I I also there was a long stretch where I just didn't pay a lot of attention to it. It seemed everything just seemed so inconsequential. And I hate that in a movie. Very when, so when I, when I don't have a reason to be invested in something, I'm, I'm not going to be invested in it. It's going to be very hard to pull me in at that point. All right. So Hobbs and Shaw is, is, is the least, um, the lowest on my, on my list. Um, after that. Okay. Should I just start with least and best? Is that what you did? Yeah, you can group them any way you want, okay. man. If you just want to give your bottom couple and your top couple, you want to, however you want to do it. All right. I, I think from that, then from the springboard there, after Hobbs and Shaw, I think my second least that I I didn't really care for, um, I think then it would probably be Too Fast, Too Furious uh, would be my second least. I, I didn't, I mean, it, I didn't care for uh, the things in the movie where they, I didn't like the villain. The villain was super generic. Um, the reason the whole plot was really generic and bad. And, and I know it introduces some integral characters to the series. Like you just can't Tej have Roman. You can't just have Brian and Roman. Like you can't, those two cannot right. hold a movie period. And I think Agreed. Tokyo drift in my opinion works better because even though there's no Vin or Brian, there is a whole cast of characters who is at least interesting Unlike too fast, where it's there's no one who's particularly interesting. 
I think I think at that point I'm also I'm really you're really missing Vin, right? You're missing Vin Diesel. You're missing you're missing he was such a big part of the first movie. Oh yeah. It's kind of like you're looking for him the whole time. You want him to show up. But anyway, um that would be my second um my third from the bottom uh I think would probably be F- Furious 6. Uh, okay. No. Wait. No. Okay, I'm getting them confused now. <laughs> Which was the bank? The bank heist was five, right? Right. Six okay, was so six. Um, six was, I believe, um, Letty has no memory. Oh God! Yes. Six. Okay. That's my. That would be my third. My third from the bottom. Yep. Gotcha. Um. Okay. So we got Hobbs and Shaw, Fate of the Furious. Third. Third from the bottom is Fast and Furious Six. Hated that whole thing with the amnesia. Um, I liked uh, – that was where they introduced um, uh, Shaw, right, as a villain in 6. I liked that. Yeah. Am I right about that? See, this is why there's a lot of movies. In no, this, Deckard Shaw is introduced in 7. Okay, it's his brother, Owen Shaw, who's the villain in 6. Oh, okay. Okay, so there you go. That makes it even less redeemable. Um, now it gets tough because now the rest of these movies, I, I like the rest of these movies. And so I guess I'll, I'll go, I'll go in the mediocre direction, uh, for the middle of the pack. Um, I think that it's, it's probably fair. I'll put fat, I'll put, um, I'll put fast and furious right in the middle. Right. Uh, had a lot of good action, memorable scenes. Um, Gal Gadot is introduced, I think. Yes, this is where Dom and Brian sort of go head to head throughout the movie as they return and uh, based yeah. around the death of Letty. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I I was in, I was into this. I was into that, and I think in the it, may, it makes it even more epic in the grand scheme of the the saga and the, in the other, grand scheme of the the franchise. The other thing I'll give credit to is I think Fast and Furious may be. Paul Walker's best performance in one of these movies. I think he's at his best in this when he's the FBI agent. It's him versus Dom. I think he's really good in this one. Well, he, I think he gets a lot more play, right? Oh, because sure. it, but at that point, it really, it really is just him and Dom still. There are ancillary characters, but they haven't assembled as like the squad, right? Until well, I think he's a that little, doesn't happen until Fast Five. In the first two movies, I just think he's kind of flat and generic, like surfer guy cop. You know, um, and I think in Fast and Furious, he finally figures out how to play that role. He mature. Yeah, he kind of grows into it. He grows into it in the role, I think, kind of grows with him. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I think he kind of hits his stride. For my money, I, I think I think he hits his stride in five. But I think you're right. I think you're 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 spot on with something there. He's got the wheels are turning. Um, And that, yeah, I guess that brings us now to the next in my list. I, I think I'll probably go Tokyo Drift on this one. OK. Um, Really enjoyed the setting. Um, did not care for the new actor, uh, Sean Boswell, or, or um, that was the character. Lucas or Black. Sean, Lucas Black, yeah. Um, didn't care for, for him, and I think he's a, kind of does more harm than good in the movie. But again, he becomes apocryphal, right? Because he comes, he keeps, he cuts back. By the way, I loved when him and Han met up again, in the because you got to have a scene it where they cool. meet up again. I thought that was cool. That was a cool moment in in uh in, in F9. Um so 
Okay, Tokyo Drift is there. Uh, I like the villain in this one. I like the Yakuza presence. I, I thought that was different. The setting and, is on direction. You know, this is the, the only one of these movies that basically doesn't globetrot. Other than the fat, the other two before it. The first two don't. They're in the U.S. Everyone after this, they're globetrotting, and I kind of like it. It's like it's a Tokyo set movie. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was all 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 locally done. Um, after that, I, th- I think I'm going to go with the first one. I think I'm going to go Fast and Furious. Wow. Um, okay, pretty high up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's up there. Uh, th- so this, uh, if I'm, I could be miscounting, but am I, I'm, I'm at three right now. Is that maybe where I am? I've lost count. Anyway, it's up there. Fast and Furious. I think at least it's in the top four. Um, the Fast and the Furious, right? Yep. Uh, for what it is, is a standalone movie, not having any prior knowledge that they're going to make another franchise again. Kind of think like the original Star Wars, right? It's kind of in its own bubble and can exist as a standalone movie. I think that's pretty unique. Um, and, and, and cool in a, in a way, I think it really, it fit a certain time and place, right? The early, like the early two thousands action trope movies, but we don't think of it in, in, in a way, in a lot of ways, it was kind of on its own for what it was doing, right? you there are a lot of action movies, generic action movies, but not a lot of like movies that combine car racing with action with like the the that that like gearhead scene oh yeah that was around at the time that um also hit nostalgic notes and nostalgic tropes i thought it was i thought it was it was it was unique and well done and and i think it deserves some high praise um also it put nas on the map so <laughs> that too we have that to thank for it um yeah how about uh how about next we go Furious 7? Okay. Uh introduces Shaw. Um who's significant for the rest of the franchise. And is that which uh, one is the rock intro He's introduced in He's, he's introduced earlier. in 5. Yeah. 5 I think. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Um yeah, I'm pretty sure 5. I could be wrong, but I I believe that's when he gets introduced. Um which okay, I, what I really liked about Furious Seven, I liked the introduction with, with of, of of Shaw's character with the hospital. That was one probably my favorite Incredible. opening scene. Awesome shot to the whole franchise. Um, I uh, I like the this is also the this is also the Paul Walker send off right Seven. Mm, yes no yes it is it's also it, it is. is and it's also the first movie to introduce both mr nobody and ramsey who become large parts of the franchise moving forward right so this movie it gets a lot done in a very short amount of time with the with the source material it works with also uh, you gotta you know you kind of put it in context for it being paul walker's last film the, in the terms of the the scrambling that everybody had to do to make this work around his death like um, I think they mostly hit a lot of the notes, uh, animatronic creepiness aside, CG creepiness aside, but, mm-hmm. um, okay. That brings us to our final two. Um, right. I believe you're or right. It... If they're the two that I'm thinking of, yes. <laughs> Which is F9. Yeah. And fast five. That's right. I think we'll put F9 next. 
as the second second place. Um, I space. They go into space in a car, <laughs> and stuff blows up, and Helen Mirren's in it, and everybody's in it, and that's all this movie really needed to do. Uh, and is the first movie post COVID that they made. Um, and they, I think they must have said family at least three hundred times. So that's why I, I give this the honor of, of second place because it, because it was the movie in, in, that we all expected it to be. It was, the it movie. had the courage. It had the courage to, to go out there and say, Hey, I know what you all think of me and I don't care because I'm just going to be that. And I'm going to be that, but times a million, I'm going to be the fastest, most furious movie that I can be. And that's what it, and they even out, it even had to outdo fighting a damn submarine under the ice ice caps in in Ukraine or whatever. And and I give the, I give it the credit, the props for that. Although I miss the rock. I wish the rock was in this more. Um that brings us to my favorite Sean of the whole franchise Fast 5. Yeah. 5 is honestly the only movie in this series that I could honestly say I would watch again. I agree. I would like go back to I thought it was fun in a lot of stupid ways. It was also fun in a lot of like character driven ways. Um, it, it made me, it's a movie that made me really like this group of people and, and, uh, and like really believe like five was where I really believed. I was like, okay, this could actually work and they could, they could seriously pull this off with all of these players for like years and years and years to come. And it would keep bringing people in, in droves uh, to, to eat, eat this up. That was what made me believe was, was fast five. So that was, that is my favorite of the franchise. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I think, you know, if you look at the, the, the whole franchise as an arc where it like starts as LA street racing and ends in outer space of like movies getting crazier. I do think five is that perfect middle point where you're like, yeah, it's, they like drag a safe with a bunch of cars, but it's also like not totally unbelievable. You know what I mean? There's no like crazy sci-fi MacGuffin technology nonsense that he get into in the last couple. It really is like a genuinely good heist movie. And I think one thing we've realized in going through these is really this franchise has had different iterations over the years. The first three movies were really street racing movies. And I think we agree. Uh, the first one and Tokyo Drift are really good examples of that. The the next three movies were really heist movies, right? Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, um, with Fast Five being the best example. And then the last three, Seven, Fate of the Furious, and F Nine, were spy sci-fi action thrillers, of which F Nine is probably the best example. So it's really been interesting to see. I think each um, era of Fast and Furious has good movies and bad movies, um, and it's been really neat watching it change over the years. I would agree with you. I think Fast Five is probably the only movie I would intentionally rewatch. And I think if either Tokyo Drift or Hobbs and Shaw were on cable, I'd probably watch them. But there's something about Tokyo Drift, maybe because it's like so of its era and it's so like weird that compels me to it. It's not good, but I just can't not watch. But I agree. I think Fast Five is the only one of these where I'm like, wow, there's really something special there. Tokyo Drift almost feels like you have to watch it on cable. Like it doesn't, it would be weird to stream it. <laughs> In a That's, way, it's you, like you, no one you have to catch it on like TBS or something. It's or, the or only TNT. movie on the plane you're flying on. You know, it's like Correct. you don't have yeah. a choice. Right, right. Um, Sean, if I may, 
Um, if I may close out, please with an article that I that I had found um, by NPR. Uh, it's titled. Uh, I'm just going to read a segment of it. I want to see. I want to hear what your thoughts are about it. It's called "Why Fast and Furious is Our Best and Our Worst." Okay, and the segment goes a little bit like this. It says. Um, the Fast and Furious movies are still entertaining, and the people who work on the action sequences are incredibly good at what they do. But scaling up, up, up has led these films into escalation for escalation's sake. If you have an evil system, I have two evil systems. If you have a submarine, I have a fleet of submarines. You're fighting over control of the country? Oh, I'm fighting over control of the world. Oh, you're in the air? I'm in space. Unfortunately, there comes a time when you run out of runway. What's after the threat of what what is after the threat of total control over everything in the world? What's bigger than outer space? The only thing left, probably, that would really spice up the audiences and really surprise them is street racing. But as you would with the ship of the, uh um huh. I didn't expect there to be Greek Greek mythology in here. As you would with the ship of Theseus, you have to wonder, is this the thing we started with anymore? Is there anything to go back to? After all, Vin Diesel says in a behind-the-scenes featurette for Fate of the Furious, it's a challenge now to figure out reasons why these guys would race cars now. They've moved on. Dom's crew could become cryptocurrency manipulators and work out of a bunker. Maybe, but that's not much of a movie. The series is going to continue, probably to great financial success, for as long as they want to keep making it. And as stupid as one might think these movies are, as stupid as they may in fact be, they are the story of thriving in the current Hollywood system. And how much ingenuity and flexibility it takes to preserve a series like this for 20 years, shepherding it through the loss of its leading man, a streaming revolution, and several presidents? You don't have to like what you're doing, but you have to know what you're doing. Wow. I thought that was pretty well so said. So poignant. So poignant. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree with you. Matt, I am so thankful this friggin' franchise is over. <laughs> I, I never want to see these movies again. That was, I won't say painful because there were moments I enjoyed, but man, when we did Bond and we did Rocky, I left those being like, man, that was really cool. I felt like I really learned something and like grew my cultural knowledge. And I watched these and I'm like, these are dumb. Um, so thank God, thank God it's over. I'm not allowed to pitch movie franchises anymore. No, I, Sean, and when it's all, it's all now that it's all said and done, I, I am, and I'm completely honest here. I am truly glad we watched these movies. (laughs) I am. I am genuinely glad we watched these movies and not because they were stupid and just wildly dumb and not for their wild inconsistencies, maybe not even in spite of those, but maybe because of those, I, I enjoyed these movies. I thought it was kind of a, a cultural touchstone where it's like a joke that everybody's in on. Right. And I think that's cool. And that's maybe that's why I put F9 so high on my list. It's, it's so self referential and so spectacularly out there and, and requires so much suspension of disbelief, like, like a power lifter level of, 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 uh, of suspension of disbelief 
that that so many people have gravitated it is is gravitated to it just because of its dumb action set pieces which are extremely well made by the way like like the people forget that it takes a lot of really hard work and ingenuity to pull off a lot of these stunts in that they're many of them are not cg many of them are are real and 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 authentic maybe maybe it, fast and furious deserves to be in its own category of art yeah yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the only thing I would take away from this is the same thing I liked about Rocky and Bond, which is I like watching culture change over time. And we watched 20 years worth of movies over this summer. And to watch these movies change and evolve has been the most fascinating thing for me, um, as we've talked about. So, Matt, another franchise in the books, of course, when the sequels come out and the spinoffs come out, we're now obligated to watch them. I will tell everybody, as soon as No Time to Die is available on On Demand... We're going to cover it on the show, and the same with uh, the Rocky Four director's cut, which I'm very excited about with 40 minutes of new footage and no Polly the Robot. So um, I'm really jazzed about that. Um, so we will have more movie madness coming up on the show. But Matt, we have only Maybe, two weeks uh, left in October. We do. We do have, have two weeks left in October. I was going to say maybe we should we should touch on maybe like a, a, this time we'll do like National Geographic or something. Something a little more cerebral for those out there who uh, I don't know want to learn stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take uh, stupid time off for a couple weeks. We promise. Um, but uh, Matt, we got some great stuff coming up, and we're really close to Sean Vember. I've got three weeks of nonstop action. We're gonna have guests. We're gonna have trivia. We're gonna have food. We're gonna have a lot of fun. So folks are gonna want to check that out. Um, in addition to whatever we decide over the next two weeks, um, we're going to have some fun with that. But Matt, this concludes our Fast and the Furious rewatch. What a treat. I hope everyone out there enjoyed it as much or as little as we did. Um, certainly, if you missed any of the movies, go back. You can listen to them anytime at our website, upfordebate.tv, or just look in the feed in your podcast feeder. Make sure you subscribe so you'll get all of them. Uh, and of course, you can follow us at TV on Twitter. Email us TV at gmail.com. Uh, on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks, folks, for being here and joining us all summer on our, our Up for Debate Blockbuster Summer event. Uh, we promised uh, you would have to pay for the whole seat, but it looked like you only needed the edge. It was pretty exciting. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time for a Fast and the Furious less episode of Up for Debate. We'll talk about uh, I, Claudius, next. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe some Citizen Kane or Ben-Hur. Something. <laughs> no, no. Well, actually, a classic movie her. watch would be a who. Um, but no, no, no more movies. <laughs> This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.